Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to Innovation and in Government. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Henry Sal, the Chief Information Officer at Cloudera Government Solutions. Henry, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me here. Before we get started, let me just set a little bit of context for our discussion today. We've heard many times before, data is the new oil, or it's all about the data. But what happens when there is too much data, or when your data is dirty or unstructured? Well, these are just some of the challenges many agencies are facing every day, and these challenges will only increase as agencies collect more and more data. For instance, data.gov has more than 235,000 data sets, with more than 150,000 of them being the geospatial kind. At the same time, agencies are realizing the value of data more and more through the use of predictive analytics and tools that include artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities. The Trump administration recognized agencies need help in managing all this data, and that's why the Office of Management Budget released the federal data strategy last year. In December, OMB detailed an action plan that includes 20 agency actions, including things like the launch of the government-wide Chief Data Officers Council and an assessment of the workforce's data literacy and data skills. Underlying all this data, of course, is security. How can agencies ensure, and this is another one of those terms we've heard a lot about over the last 15 years, how can they ensure secure information sharing? This concept becomes even more important during the coronavirus pandemic. So how can agencies continue to move forward with this concept of secure information sharing while also taking advantage of these emerging tools? Well, that's where my guest comes in. Once again, my guest is Henry Sal, the Chief Information Officer at Cloudera Government Solutions. Henry, let's start with some basics. Uh, there's a lot of data. There's a lot of data challenges as I went through it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about data governance. Wh what are you seeing from agencies and, and what are the biggest challenges around data governance? Yeah, so um, uh, there's been a lot of interesting things that have happened, especially when you look at uh, a drastic increase in data production. Um, and there's an interest to move and process this data effectively. Um, and one of the things that we see organi organizations that are in investing in streaming processing technologies and other da data um, uh, processing, where they're struggling is data governance as a uh, large challenge that they're, that they're um, having to handle. In many government environments, they have uh, different um, uh, different data producers, uh, such as a data warehouse or machine learning tools or edge devices. And many times that each of these different systems, they have their own proprietary data, uh, data catalog and policies that secure their data and control access. Um, and it's further exacerbated when you have to connect uh, two or more of those systems. Um, and that's a, often a critical use case, right? You have the generation of data, you have the processing of data, you have uh, these different pieces. And then each time that you transition between these different systems, you have to reset your schema, security, and access policies so that they re remain compliant across a government organization. That's a major challenge. Um, and it introduces risk um, and consumes a lot of resources uh, to comply with an organization's overall um, policies. Um, and it, I think, you know, you add different layers to it, especially when uh, there's a large drive towards um, the cloud uh, across the government. And um, when you look at, you know, some of the responses of those that have gone to the cloud, also considering that they have to still have some uh, on-premise 
uh, location. So now you're you're managing not between just different systems, but you're also managing between those different systems, one on-prem and one in the cloud. Um, and and being able to have a consistent security layer layer is um, is difficult and 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 quite challenging. And I think that's some of the uh, most pressing things that um, organizations are having to deal with from a governance perspective. Henry, I want to unpack some of those you were talking about. Let me go back to the beginning of your discussion around governance. Agencies have been struggling with governance for some time. Do you get a sense of why? Uh, do you guess now we're seeing, for instance, the federal data strategy, we're seeing some steps taken within each parts of the military services to set up this data governance action is because they're realizing not just the value, but wow, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the lessons learned uh, over the over the past is that uh, considering your data governance strategy after you've implemented a system is extremely expensive and resource intensive. Uh, and, and they've seen, they've seen this challenge where at, at, at some points they have to actually um, start over from the ground level. So ensuring that you have a proper uh, data strategy, data governance strategy um, is absolutely fundamental. And, and um, you know, given the lessons learned over the last couple decades, um, we're happy to see that many organizations are understanding the importance uh, on that front. Henry, you mentioned uh, this idea of proper data strategy, proper governance. Obviously, every agency is at a different part in the continuum. No one's starting from zero. No one's at 100. We've heard that many times. What can agencies do or what are you seeing them do to kind of take on this data strategy governance challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, continuum is the exact right word, right? We have, um, we have some agencies that have um, been doing this for quite some time, have um, extensive uh, policies in place for their, their data governance strategy. Um, and are developing techno, uh, technology solutions around those strategies um, and are extremely firm on, on, on their process and their path forward. Um, and then we have other agencies that are still in the policy phase, right? They, they still have disjointed applications for how, how effectively um, they're taking it on. Um, the one thing I'm, I am seeing is an increased um, knowledge sharing across agencies um, as they're starting to go, uh, go towards um, their data strategy and um, what they've done from a governance perspective. Um, so we're seeing different implementations. Uh, the, the, the fact is that I think across all agencies, this is starting to become uh, extremely important and foundational uh, as they are uh, developing solutions within their organizations. And part of the challenge there is the fact that there's this increase in the use of stuff like video teleconferencing, which we're doing today, the increase of streaming, the increase of other tools that are now requiring bringing in more data. Internet of Things devices is an easy one. Is that why you think when you talk about more important, more foundational agencies are seeing that today more than you know five years ago or 10 years ago? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, I think it is more widely understood that data is at the, the um, one of the most important assets within our organization. And when you look at the various technologies, like you said, I IoT, there are more edge devices. They have um, more networks that they're connecting to. They're geographically dispersed. You have all of these different factors that is actually um, greatly increasing the amount of data that, that uh, organizations are have to process. So some of those things are, are driving the, priority, the priorities, right? Understanding that data-driven data decisions are hugely important and beneficial to their mission, um, and, and they have this vast amount of data. 
I think, you know, you have uh, more organizations that are understanding the cost of, of not doing it well. One of the things that stands out to me is it's not just the, the value of the data that they're seeing uh, and the amount of data. So the volume, the, the value, the velocity, the big visa data, you've heard this before, I'm sure, but also the regulations that underpin this. And, and I know uh, in Europe, there was a big push about a year or so ago about GDPR that hasn't quite come to the U.S. yet, but there's plenty of regulations and policies and things around data. Walk me through a little bit about what you're seeing from agencies, how worried or how, how much does the policy side of the discussion, again, whether, and I'll go back to even things like PII, you know, personal identifiable information, how much is that driving how they are governing and using and developing strategies for their data? Yeah, I think a lot of um, organizations, um, you know, within the government are actively um, engaging on a specific topic from a policy perspective. Um, a, lo a lot of folks uh, are, are reading the tea leaves and see that uh, it, it is um, likely that something like that is going to be implemented here in the United States. Um, uh, outside of uh, just the potential upcoming policy, you know, things that are forced upon them, they also have... Um, you know, like what you described, a, a, a responsibility for over the data that they help, they, they help. Um, and so, you know, as, as we see cybersecurity threats, as we see um, other things that uh, our, our government customers are having to encounter, it is become, it has become extremely important that people are prepared, one, to effectively protect their data. Um, you know, as we've seen, you know, over the last 10 years, um, the significance of what, um, uh, leaks and different um, attacks can do to an organization and the impact that it can have to um, the constituents of the data that, uh, that, they're, that they're holding. Um, this has become extremely important. So we're seeing, we're seeing more effective uh, policy engagement and consideration. Um, we're seeing uh, the, the importance of uh, you know, effective security architectures to um, both internally protect access to data, um, to share it effectively. And, you know, sharing effectively doesn't mean, um, uh, doesn't mean just, um, just giving data out, but it's also, you know, who has access to the data, knowing what data you've got, making sure that it's properly tagged uh, and that everything is implemented correctly. Um, and, and then on top of that, having a cybersecurity perspective of understanding the data, where it's at, what is the threat posture, and understanding the threat posture beyond just, you know, your data center. You now have, um, you know, a significant amount of external devices. Look at, look at the situation right now where there are many, many government employees that, work, that are working from home that are accessing um, you know, from many different networks that are, that are accessing. Um, uh, operating remotely. That, these are huge challenges that um, government agencies are having to tackle. And it's, uh, you know, their privacy stance on how they protect their data and how do they govern that effectively are, are paramount right now. You bring up this idea of security. There's plenty to talk to there. Before I go down that path, let, let me bring up uh, the other point you, you talked about earlier, which is the risk issue. And, and this idea of you're connecting multiple systems, you have multiple layers, you have the cloud versus data on-prem. Is that also creating governance challenges that, that maybe are newer to agencies than they were, again, five, 10 years ago, because there is this hybrid approach to, to cloud, to, to infrastructure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because as everybody has gone through um, this growth in the technology space, um, everybody 
that is on on the uh, you know from the commercial front that is designing many of these solutions that are that are being deployed back into the government. Um, they they are understanding the importance of governance, so they are developing their own point solutions, right? Um, and, and you've you've had the the government in different pockets that have also been developing the, their their own solutions. So you have many different disjointed applications of um, of governance. And when you're bringing all these pieces together, how do you effectively, you know, how, how do you effectively manage schema policy and all these things across these different devices? That becomes, that becomes hugely challenging. It's one of the things that, um, you know, within Cloudera that is paramount for us is that how do you have a, a, a common um, layer for security and governance, both uh, you know, on-premise, across different solutions, um, you know, to, to manage your data effectively. Um, and, and that's something that uh, hugely challenging, but now we're starting to see innovation in that space um, to make this uh, more simple, right? So that we can govern, uh, govern data uh, all the way from, uh, you know, our edge devices to in the cloud to your on-premise. All right, uh, you brought up security a couple of times. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, then we can continue our conversation around security. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. At Cloudera, they believe the data can make what is impossible today possible tomorrow. Cloudera empowers the public sector to transform complex data into clear and actionable insights for government agencies and organizations. Cloudera delivers an enterprise data cloud for any data, anywhere from the edge to AI, powered by the relentless innovation of the open source community. Cloudera advances mission-critical digital transformation for the public sector's largest enterprises. Learn more at cloudera.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Henry Sal, the Chief Information Officer at Cloudera Government Solutions. Henry, before break, we were talking a lot about uh, cybersecurity, so let's dive right in. With all this data, with all this uh, idea of streaming data, this idea of IoT devices, cyber threats, cyber responses are more key than ever in protecting the data. What are you? some of the things you're seeing when you talk to agency customers what are you seeing about how they're trying to deal with this big challenge? Yeah, so um, this this is very similar. Uh, you know, you see things on a continuum. The one of the things that I see to for organizations to help themselves, right? Um, sometimes it's starting with the basics, right? So th there is a huge amount of data uh, that that is beneficial to understanding your cybersecurity posture. Um, and so, so some of the first steps is just co-locating the various different data sources. Um, th this is, and, and what I mean by that is that we have um, data on edge devices. You're collecting things from uh, routers, different um, different network devices. Um, you're pulling uh, uh, traffic from within your network. And having all these things uh, dispersed, you sometimes have an issue when it comes to um, being able to understand a threat, right? So, hey, I believe I have an attack. Am I seeing, uh, am I seeing this anywhere different in my network? Well, if I have to go to multiple different um, uh, sources to try to find that answer, it actually makes my response time more difficult and doing other different, um, more advanced analytics uh, isn't even uh, available to you. So what you wanna do first is, is, is um, co-locate that data. And that, that is often a huge advancement and step forward for uh, organizations and their cyber um, uh, perspective, just to be able to understand what's happening on their network. 
but then you start advancing, right? So I start doing, um, I can start doing uh, analytics and understand what's normal activity, what is abnormal activity, uh, implementing uh, things like rule-based alerts to say, hey, this specific set of activity is occurring. I understand that that is a threat and that I need to either deny access, shut off access, or, or, or do some sort of other interdiction. Um, and then it goes into more advanced uh, data science work where you can actually profile and um, look at what does, you know, what is your user's normal activity based on, based on not just their regular network activity, but also based on their HR work and other pieces that you can say, hey, this specific user works from these times. This is the general machines they access. Here's what we need to do. But why are they, you know, operating off hours from a different geolocation? And they're having, you know, these pieces. And that allows, starts doing a more advanced work so that they, you can actually um, prevent access and um, uh, help understanding during an investigation what's going on. So there's a lot of different things that are happening, um, but uh, uh, data becomes a hugely core part of that. And then finding um, a, a solution uh, that can co-locate that uh, data that can allow you to do major data science projects um, uh, and having some of that uh, available at, at, at your fingertips is really important. So we're seeing, we're seeing people that are on many different parts of that journey. Um, one of our, our Department of Defense um, uh, customers is, you know, in the, in the start of that process, they're, they, they have, um, you know, hundreds of different, um, uh, bases and, and, and locations where they're individually collecting network activity, but they're not holistically looking at that. So right now their first process is we're going to collect all of this data and we're going to try to make sense of that from a central perspective um, and um, have a better posture. And then we have, you know, we have others that are uh, on, on an even further more advanced uh, side and other parts of the Department of Defense that are uh, doing extremely advanced work um, uh, to, to help prevent um, either, you know, uh, these some of these cybersecurity threats. Um, and some, we're, we have some customers that are actually um, using the lessons learned that, that, that they've taken and their, um, uh, their advanced approaches and are disseminating that uh, to organizations throughout the country. So it's, um, it's a really interesting field and uh, it, it requires a lot of skill, but um, it's important for every organization. We've seen the benefits of that co-location of data over the last year or two when the WannaCry virus hit a lot of uh, the rest of the world. The U.S. government really survived fairly well because they had the tools in place with the data being pulled in from different places to say, oh, that's not a problem or, okay, it's only a problem in this little slice of, of our agency. Let's fix it very quickly before we, we get uh, attacked in a bigger way. And I think that that was the first sign I saw for, for years of, Oh, look, this, this co-location of data, this understanding the, the dashboard stuff really does make a big difference. Absolutely. One of the things uh, that, that the reason why we want to talk more about cyber and, and, and it falls into this is because agencies are doing so much more with data. We mentioned earlier, IoT devices. Uh, there's also this idea of data streaming. And let's first set a definition of what you guys mean by data streaming, because to me, it's video teleconferencing, but it also could be a sensor that sends data back every 30 seconds, every minute. So how do you guys define the, that concept of data streaming? No, you're absolutely right. There, there are many different types of data streaming. It, it literally could be um, video that's being streamed, uh, but, it, but it could be a, um, a, a network device that's uh, putting out um, 
simple text uh, uh, text logs every time a user accesses a specific server. And being able to take that data in, in real time or near real time and to be able to send it to another device that allows you to do an analysis on it. So data training can, can mean many different things. Um, oftentimes it's uh, simply the transfer of some sort of data, whether it's uh, video images, uh, text, um, and, and then taking it one from one source and, and bring it to another destination. And, and we, we see uh, a lot of different solutions uh, that are out there on this front. Um, some of those things are point solutions dealing with um, log-based data movement or, uh, or solutions for the movement of uh, video or images. Um, and uh, having, you know, those introduce their own set of challenges, right? Uh, like what we were describing earlier on, earlier on in this conversation, but data streaming extremely important. I think one of those things that you you see is um, the ability to make advanced decisions uh, in near real time. Right? How do you start pushing things out to the edge? How do you start um, doing more advanced data science out on the edge? Um, it's it's really interesting. But you know, coming to that that definition is the first step, right? Yeah, because there's so many things that comes to mind when you think of data stream. Unfortunately, we're also into this video world, but it doesn't always have to be video. The predictive analytics piece, the advanced analytics piece, whether it's AI or machine learning or, or some other combination, that's really the, the value that people can get from co-locating that data and then getting it in real time. Agencies are starting to move in that direction. Give me a sense of what they're maybe they're doing today and what maybe what are the biggest challenges they face to get in that more in that direction of, of predictive analytics. Yeah, so predictive analytics—it's a—it's um, it, been incredibly booming, right? So we, we saw some um, advanced folks that over the last uh, ten years that have been uh, pushing the envelope, but we're actually seeing broader adoption on that front. Uh, like many other data science uh, topics, they are there's greater interest and there's actual uh, production implementations. Um, and you see those uh, predictive analytics uh, both in the data center and now you're seeing them more prevalent at the edge as well. So um, one of our, uh, one of the customers that, uh, that I work closely with um, is using uh, predictive analytics to um, do better, um, um, better condition-based maintenance on uh, their aircraft, right? So imagine, uh, you know, where where things were in the past. You have a um, a, a, a helicopter or an airplane uh, go in the air. The pilot would take it through um, many different maneuvers and would come back. And then you'd have a private on the ground, and they'd say, "Did you do X? Yes, no." And it'd be a, it'd be a paper check, uh, you know, checkbox to to say whether they did activity. And that's what we would do a lot of our maintenance records on. Um, but you know that's not leveraging data to actually make effective decisions. So now what they're what they're doing is they're actually taking um, data recorded from in you know while in flight, and when it comes back down, they're actually analyzing that based on um, the specifications from manufacturer to to you know what kind what can the parts take, right? And if if they meet certain conditions, they know that hey they only have a month left. For this, for this particular bird to operate. Uh, and so what we need to do is we need to order the part now and have it delivered so that when the flight, you know, when the, when the bird is ne needs to go in for maintenance, it's in maintenance for a week and not a month, right? Um, and those things become hugely important for keeping our armed forces in the air longer. Um, and you have little things like that. 
And then you have things that, um, you know, and so you, you know, some of that is more data center based, but then you have things that are pushing analytics out to the edge. So, you know, you see it, um, you see it in your home life. Those of you that have uh, doorbells that uh, can, can track and, and spot a specific face and tell you the name of that face, right? And, and who that person is. That's, that's using, um, you know, analytics at the edge to tell you in, 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 you know, pushing those models and saying, hey, we believe that is, this is this person. Um, and, and we're seeing that more uh, from a, a government adoption as well, is that, um, you know, we don't always have the opportunity to take the data back before we make a decision at the edge. It's really interesting field. I've heard a very similar example before around this aircraft analytics that you mentioned, especially they know that, you know, especially with tanks or Jeeps or whatever, if this part usually runs out after X amount of miles, X amount of months, then they can start making better decisions and not, oh, and now this tank is no longer usable because we have to order the part, the part's going to take a month. That, that's, that's the value you're talking about there. I think, I think that's a really important one. So, so that leads us down the path of when we talk about streaming, we talk about better analytics. Agencies then are capturing this data in real time. They have to parse it. They have to filter it. They have to really make it worthwhile. That, that's not easy either. And I think that goes back to the need to have some sort of data lake, data co-location of data, as you said, and then also have the tools on top of it. Is, is that the really nirvana for a lot of agencies? Absolutely, right. One, being able to capture real time at the edge, um, and then being able to process that data um, where it's where it needs to be processed, right? And so, essentially, thinking about it from you need to be able to collect data at any source and bring it to any destination, and you need to have uh, technology solutions that allow for that type of flexibility. Um, at Cloudera, this is one area area where I know I'm hugely passionate. I have seen missions directly impacted by this, where you know, from a legacy perspective, um, this is some of the some of the most difficult work is onboarding new data sources, right? And when we say that um, the data is so hugely important to our missions and what we're trying to accomplish, well, well, you know, taking six months to develop code to bring on um, a new data source is just not acceptable anymore. Right. You need the flexibility to say that, hey, I have I have something like um, this COVID-19 right now. Right. I have I have a, a customer that that we worked with where um, they were actively um, uh, collecting medical record data. And in that medical record data that they were collecting, they would go through a very manual process of having to log into servers, extract data, pull, pull data over and then. Um, they would have, go through a processing there in four or five steps and, and then eventually would send it out so that it could start to you know, be useful, right? And, and, and a- analyze that data. Well, you want to change one part of that and it becomes arduous. And you have one pandemic that happens and now you're in serious trouble, right? And so one of the things that we, what we, hit, what we did is we stepped in and said, okay, look, we have got to find a better way to be able to onboard data sources more quickly, uh, to be changing to the current conditions that are on the ground. Um, and and this, is, this is a demand we're seeing across many different pieces. And this particular one, it went from processing something every 24 hours down to processing in real time so that uh, researchers and doctors could make decisions right now. Um, and, and that's where we have to we have to remember that this is not just technology. This is mission. This is saving lives, right? Um, and, and being able to do it well is hugely important. 
And unfortunately, we're out of time, but this has been a great conversation. So let me thank my guest, Henry Sal, is the Chief Information Officer at Cloudera Government Solutions. Henry, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.